hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Chow. I am your host, Tyra, and I like to thank you all for joining. Um, this week's episode is going to be a little emotional. I want to apologize in advance for, well, I take that back. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. Um, just letting you guys know that it, it may get a little emotional, but just bear with us or bear with me, so to speak. Um, so over the weekend, uh, you know, there was on the news that Regina King's son had committed suicide. And my heart goes out to her and her family and know how difficult that could be. Um, and I just pray for everyone's, um, I just send positive vibes and healing energy to them because that is devastating. And there's so many emotions that goes into that, that, um, we're going to kind of dive in today. And I want to make this clear. This is not really a debate on for or against suicide. Um, this is a very, very serious topic that I feel is very important in society now and amongst the black community um, because we as black people as a black society don't take mental health as serious as we should and there's a stigma around suicide um, it's a stigma around showing our emotions it is a stigma around therapy that we all and I don't know about everyone but I know as a kid as an adult growing up um what have you there was always a stigma around mental health um case in point maybe a few months ago I was on Facebook and a Facebook friend had posted, I am not okay. Something along these lines, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, he's not okay. He needs help and he asked for a recommendation for a therapist. And you know how much, how brave it is to ask for help? Or how brave it is to put that on the forefront, saying, hey, I'm not good. I am not good at all. I need help. And the post-its, the comments pissed me off so much. It was, just pray about it go to church. Now, I, I'm not religious at all. I'll be the first person to admit that, but I respect everyone's choice of religion. I respect your choice of worship. I, res I respect your, your, your choice in and how you feel about God or your connection at God and eternal being or whomever you pray to, whoever. It, it's really, truly up to you. And I respect it all. I won't bash anyone about what it is, what they pray, who they pray to or whom they pray to or how they feel about church or anything in a sort or or bash them for their faith. But when I saw that, I was just like, people, he's asking for help. He didn't ask you 
to go to church. He didn't want you to, it, it, it honestly sounds, you know what? You know what? I take this back. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right here because I want to be completely blunt and real with you guys. And this, and I'm not saying that this didn't happen. It did. Because to me, it was, he didn't ask you for that. He asked you for help. He said he needed a therapist. Why is it the first thing that you say is to go to church and pray? Okay, here's the thing. Not everyone going to pray to your God. Not everyone is going to go to your church. Not everyone believes in the same thing. Not everyone goes that way, okay? And it doesn't have the same effect on everyone in every situation. And it's great to have faith. It's great to have that that faith, that that, you know, that belief that everything's going to be okay, but you have to meet people where they are. Okay. If I tell you that, Hey, I need food. I'm starving. I don't have money for food. I haven't eaten in days. Could you please help me? You wouldn't tell me, oh, well, pray about it. No, you would give me food. <laughs> you would, you hopefully, you know, depending on who you are and if you have it or not. But in many, in most situations, people will give you food because that is what you need at that moment. That is the nourishment that you need. That is how you are able, that, that is so you're able to make it to the next day because you're hungry. You're not going to tell me, well, you know, just pray about it and, you know, my God makes a way and he's going to provide you with food. My answer to that is, well, yeah, but did you, did it ever occur to you that maybe possibly that prayer that I had for food? or that prayer that I had for help was supposed to come from you. That prayer that I sent out, you were the person supposed to give me that food. That prayer that I sent out for help is you were supposed to give that man, give that person a recommendation for a good therapist because they're on edge and they're not okay. Did it ever occur in your brain before you had that? And I'm not going to say people were looking down on him or talking down or anything of the sort because I know that's a, a sensitive topic. For those of you who don't know, my sister is an um, assistant pastor. And, you know, we had this huge debate about this. And we, you know, kind of went at it for a while about that. But essentially you know, we, we agreed to disagree because my thing was, is that that wasn't what he asked you for. If you can say, I mean, you can say, Hey, I don't know a therapist right now, but if you need to talk, I'm here for you. If you feel that you need someone to pray for you, or if you want me to, you want to come to church with me, if you think that that may actually help you find some comfort possibly but my topic of today is the stigma around emotions and depression in the black community we don't acknowledge it enough and we don't give enough space for that to occur and I really want to speak to breaking that cycle because it's hard. It is truly hard out there. And if people ever really stop to think 
how much mental health affects both mentally and physically a being. I wouldn't say it solves so many problems, but it may actually shed a little light to a lot of problems. You know, we're taught gender roles as kids. Girls, you cook, clean, provide for your husband, you have babies, you're, you wear dresses, you like pink, blah, 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 right? And guys, you take care of households. You provide, you protect, you um, like blue, you play with cars and trucks and stuff, but you do not cry. Men don't cry. Real men don't cry. And I have a problem with that. What is wrong with crying? Crying is a way of purging your emotions. It's a way of purging your soul. You're getting everything out. It's, it is, it's your way, your, your, your body's way of cleaning itself of the emotions that you have. And not all tears are bad. Some tears are actually really good. But if you can't cry about it, you internalize it. And we internalize it, a couple of things will happen. One, if you internalize it and it creates sadness, withdrawal, depression, or you internalize it and it festers the anger. You're acting out. We don't know why you're acting out. Why are you always so angry? Because I don't have an outlet. I can't tell you how I feel. Because I don't want to seem weak. Right? And it's not just the men or boys that we have this problem. It's the women too. I would be the first to admit I am one of those people. So, and it took me a very long time. Heck, and honestly, it took me till my 30s to realize that it's okay to feel my feelings. I don't have to be superwoman every day. Like the one of the previous episodes, it's okay to hang up your cape. Superwoman needs a day off. And the problem with that is, is that, I'm not the problem with that, but the thing about that is, is that we have those moments or those things that happen in our lives because no one is without some sort of trauma no matter who you are no matter where you go no matter whether you come from riches of rich or poorest of poor you know we've all had some sort of trauma in our lives that we had to overcome some more than others but we had to right and so the problem that we have here in the black community is that we were taught to overcome so much, but we forgot how to feel. You're taught, be better, be faster, be smarter, be more well-behaved, more well-mannered. You got to do your best. You have to do better than your counterpart because you need to be seen. You got to succeed. You got to, you got to provide. You got to be nurturing. You got to be on top of your game. You got to do all of this stuff and you have to make sure you do it and you do it with a smile because you don't want to see you sweat. You don't want to show too many emotions. You cannot stop. You have to keep going because you have to attain the highest goal. You have to show how great you are. You have to be great. There's no, no place here for weakness. So it's drilled in our head. It's drilled in my head. Let me tell you this. Um, and I don't blame my dad. Now, before we get into this, I absolutely 
love my dad. My dad is a really big part of who I am as an individual, but when I was growing up or even as an adult, I know for a fact, like if I, you know, was crying about something, what have you, like, are you going to die? That's the question. You'll ask me up front, are you going to die? No. Okay. Well, don't stay there too long. Pull yourself up. And that's what I did. Drilled in my head. Well, are you going to die, Tyra? No. Tyra is not going to die. Okay, Tyra, well, get up, pull yourself together, and get going. Get right back on it. Which is excellent because it teaches me, look, you're not, you can't just sit and fester and roll in your emotions all the time. I'm not saying that this is what you do, but you have to give yourself time to feel those emotions. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't give me the opportunity to feel because remember what he told me was, don't stay there too long. But what I interpreted was get yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back on it. Okay. You fell. We all fall. Big deal. Pick yourself up. Come on, get up. And it got to the point to where it manifested itself. It manifested itself in my life where I had, I have chronic depression. Well, I don't have chronic depression now. I'm not speaking that into existence. I have, um, but I have dealt with chronic depression. Not many people knew it, you know. I never told people, hey, in my apartment and I cried. Those days where I wasn't doing anything, those Sundays that, you know, I was there crying. I don't want to be around anyone because I didn't feel like being around anyone. I couldn't gather that energy that day to be around anyone. I worked, I went home, I worked, I went home. I and I learned how to pull myself out of those moments by adding on tasks. I made myself busy. So it gave me a purpose to get out and do stuff. But here's the problem. Here's the thing that I've learned. Is that that's just distraction. It's not dealing with it. And in doing that, it howled on it got bigger and bigger and bigger and my therapist um, if this is your first time actually joining or listening I have a therapist <laughs> I love my therapist <laughs> but my therapist told me and I'm loosely saying what she's saying because I can't remember the exact quote, but she's like, you know, here's the problem with the bad bitch effect, right? This is, this is her words, bad bitches, because we're bad bitches, right? <laughs> but here's the problem with the bad bitches effect. We can conquer everything in the world, but the one thing that scares us shitless is our emotions. Because the world, everything is in order. We have this in order. It goes in the cathedral. I can deal with this. It's okay. That's filled. That's okay. I clean it up. I move it on. I move it along. Move it along. Do it this. But emotions, emotions take form and they shape and they build and they, they become this wall, this thing. And then when 
we have to deal with that. It's like we don't want to spill anything because we are afraid of that domino effect. You know how you tip one little thing over and everything falls? You don't intend to do it. You make one little mistake, one little chip, boom, everything falls. It's like the house of cards. You know, you just, one little card just, eh, boom, there it all goes. And we're afraid to get overwhelmed and we're afraid that if we're just going to drown in it. And that is what depression is like. And that, for depression and then suicide, it's what it's like. And it brings up another topic with that is that, you know, how people will get angry at people who committed suicide. They're like, oh, that was just the punk way of doing things. They took the easy way out. Well, not really, and I want you to think about it. So listen to this, right? Here's the mind of a person who is depressed and on that edge of wanting to kill themselves. Imagine life as it is, like you're going up a mountain, right? You're walking, you're doing your journey. You get to this mountain. You have your loads you have to carry, right? And you have everyone else around you. And you're walking. You're doing it, right? It's okay. I got this. I got this. And most people who are depressed, they don't really show it or they act out or do any other stuff. A lot of people internalize things. And they have people around them that are hurting or having issues or what have you. And they give and they give and they give and they give and they give. And they don't know how to receive help. Because remember, most of the quotes of people who knew people who commit suicide, the first thing is, they were such loving individuals. They gave, they cared. Robin Williams, such a loving individual. No one really had a bad thing to say about him, right? Because they suffer in silence. So you're going up this mountain. You're carrying life. You have little trauma. You have traumas. You have things that happen. So you got this load. And you're going. And you have friends. You have families. They have traumas. They have issues. And you're like, okay, it's cool. Just let me help you out. And you have this. And they, 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 they put a little bit more on them, on you. And you're going up this mountain. And you have another trauma. Okay, there's a little bit more. And then it's more and then life hits you again. <sighs> okay, it's cool. It's okay. I'm not going to buckle. I'm not going to buckle. I got this. I got this. People around you, what is going on? What is wrong with you? Why? Blah, blah, blah. You're canceling stuff. You're not there for them. You you get angry for no reason and you and then you feel bad because you're angry and you feel bad because you canceled so on top of that 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 baggage that you're carrying there you have additional emotional baggage so you 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 add more on there you're still going up this mountain and during this time you are buckling under pressure literally the world your emotions your things and people other people's emotions. It's just literally crushing you. You're feeling it. It's, it's, it's crushing your very being because you're, you're trying and you just don't know how to say, I need help. You don't know how to tell people, I'm not well. I need you to help me with this load. So you're, you're, you're headstrong, and you're like, no, let me do this. And then here's the mouth fuck of it all, right? 
because you're buckling under pressure. You're buckling from life. You're buckling from other people's stuff. And then you're adding on to that pressure. They're adding on to that emotional pressure because you have your own emotional baggage. You just, you don't want to, you don't want to pass off to the next person. No, I got this. I'm strong. I'm resilient. I, my heart is way too big. I can't, I can't burden you with my problems. You have your own problems. It's okay. I'm going to be okay. But now you're frustrating me because now I'm going over this mountain. I've got all this stuff to do. And then you want me to carry more. And now I'm angry and I'm stressed out. And I don't know how to tell you that I'm buckling under pressure. And now I'm causing you pain. And now there's additional pressure on there because now I'm having more emotional baggage because I feel bad. I feel bad because I'm, I'm passing off that pain to you unintentionally. And so you try to push through it a little bit more. All the while, another boulder added and another boulder added. You're hurting the people around you because they see that you are a shell of what you used to be. But no, you can't, you cannot tell them what's going on because you don't want to be weak. You don't want to seem weak and you don't want to add on that baggage to them. That's more baggage. They have their own stuff to deal with. No, I got this. I could just make it up that mountain just a little bit more so you go literally being crushed you're buckling buckling on the pressure and so finally it's like you know what i can't do it anymore but i don't know how to tell everyone i buckle and i'm being crushed and I can't do anything about it. I don't see light at the end of this tunnel. And I don't want to pass this out to you. I don't want to give you my load. I don't want to make anyone feel sorry for me. I don't want to make them look at me like I'm less than anything. I don't want to make them look at me like I'm weak. Because I'm not the weak person. I'm the resilient person. I am the happy person. I'm the caring person. I'm that individual that takes care of everything and everyone. God forbid I show weakness. No, I'm not weak. But I cannot do this anymore. So, I don't want to give anything. I'm taking on people's burdens. And I'm taking on my burdens. And I'm adding on to my burdens unintentionally because I am not intentionally doing so, but it's, it's happening because I see the external. I'm not looking in. I'm not saying, oh, poor me. Oh, well, me. It's like, no, no. Why am I doing this to people around me? I know they love me. I know that they care. But I don't want to burden them. And finally, you get crushed. That's what happens. You get crushed. So, being a selfless as you are because you don't want to share your pain being as selfless as you are because you feel pain for causing other people's other people's pain you end up ending it and I tell you that it's not selfish but selfless and again people can disagree with me but if you think about it People who commit suicide, if you are a person who goes to church or practice one religion or another, you know, a lot of religions are one of the worst things you can actually do is commit suicide because you're taking away your life that the that your God or your, God, your being has given to you. Precious. This is their gift. 
to you is the gift of life. So how is it that you tell a person or you say a person is selfish because they were in so much pain that they sacrificed one lifetime of pain for eternity of pain? How do you tell a person that? How do you tell them that, yeah, you're just selfish? You didn't think about anyone else. You only thought about yourself. Did they? Did they know? Tell your story. Being close to that edge. Being on the break of wanting to end it because it was painful. If not thought of yourself, I will be the first person to tell you. And the reason I can tell you that is because so many times that I just wanted to end it. I literally wanted to die. And I'm like, this is why, this is where I can find peace. One of the things that actually kept me from doing was thinking about the pain that I've caused my feet, that will cause my mom. Knowing that her baby girl was in pain and hurting, but she couldn't do anything about it. So much to the point that she wanted to die. I know that would kill her. But I almost didn't. Because I'm like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm causing her pain standing in front of her because when I stand in front of her and she's talking to me, I'm annoyed because I don't want to be in the presence of another human being. And I'm lashing out at her. I'm not angry at her. I'm just angry because I can't be in the presence of anyone at that time. I felt so, I just felt so out of it, so out of control, so lonely, so hurt, but overcrowded at the same time. Like I, I want someone around me. I want someone here. But at the same time, I'm crowded. I can't be in the same spot as you. I can't be in the same presence as another individual because I don't know your presence is, is hurting me. I can't be that person that you want me. I can't be Tyra anymore. Tyra is suffering. I'm not the Tyra that you wanted me to, that you're used to. Not the Tyra that you want me to be. I mean, that is a whole nother monster, but that's not, cannot be, or I'm not the Tyra that you want me to be. I cannot be, and I'm not the Tyra that you're used to. I am this individual here that is suffering, that is fighting for Tyra, but losing a battle. But I don't know how to accept defeat. And it's killing me. 
are suffocated. So then, give me a second, sorry. So then you retreat back in. And you're like, just give me my time, give me my space, give me my peace. Yeah. Because you don't get peace. What you get is everything else. But it gives you that time to think of everything else. Think of all the things that could happen, all the things that are happening, and you spiral. Oops, sorry, you spiral. <laughs> I have the hiccups. <laughs> Wonderful time. <laughs> it's that kind of hot me out of that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional, but. Um, you spiral. And not everyone makes it out of that spiral, unfortunately. So, that is my message. I probably went off course here. And I know my intention was to talk about mental health in the black community and depression and suicide and all the stigma that surrounds it. But I wanted to give you a peek inside of the mind of a person who is depressed and considering suicide. And I wanna say that it's not internal and it's not selfish. It's an internal fight and it's an internal battle that you have with yourself every single day. And to get up in the morning and to paint the face or to paint the smile is painful. Who was it that had that song, The Tracks of My Tears? I want to say Lionel Richie, but I'm pretty, it's Smokey Robinson. Yeah. Smokey Robinson, Tracks of My Tears. Let's see the smile on my face. But you don't notice the tracks of my tears. You don't know how I go home at night and cry. You don't know how you get up And you try to pull yourself together. You brush off the face. You, you, you put on the makeup or what have you. Clear your face up and you walk out and like, okay, let me put my game face on. All the while you're falling apart. Because this is what happens when you don't give people space to feel. It happened to me. One of my, I had a few things that happened to me over the past few years. Four, of the clo four very close people to me died. I lost my cousin, who is like a second mom to me. I lost her son, who was like an older brother to me. Shortly after, I lost my fiance. And then after that, just this past year, I lost my dad. And I think I remember telling you guys about when my dad had died. And this was like a previous episode. I think it was like, it's okay to hand over the cape, right? 
because after my dad died, I took on a bunch of tasks. <laughs> I traveled. I went to the beach, Myrtle Beach, actually. I went to Myrtle Beach. I went to Texas. I went to um, Atlanta. I did some trips to Greensboro. I um, went to Tennessee, um, you know, started school, um, you know, did Girl Scout thing, you know, did some tutoring for a little while, and I had a full-time job. And my therapist compartmentalized, of course, for the best of them, but also it's good to have distractions until it's become a, and he goes, what was it? Well, like, distractions are good until it becomes avoidance. And I was avoiding it. I planned my dad's funeral. I planned it. I handled life insurance policies and everything afterwards. I, you know, and it was like, my mom was like, I don't know how she's being this strong. No. <laughs> I had to keep myself occupied and my brain occupied. Because if I stopped, which is what happened to me this this past summer, school was done for a little while. You know, it wasn't completely done. I'm sorry. I had like uh, small classes or what have you. Not much to keep me occupied. Girl Scouts was out. School was out, no tutoring, so I had to work. That was it. I wasn't really doing a lot of traveling around then. So my life kind of came to a screeching, not a halt, but a pause, right? And so what happens when you come to a pause? All that adrenaline is gone. All of that constant thinking, all of that constant doing just the automatic the stuff that I had going on to avoid emotions and these are years of emotions that have packed on because I pretty much did the same thing with everyone else like you know I still had my emotions my times when I felt like I moved back from New Orleans back to my hometown because I had went into a depression I had a job I literally was sit at my desk just kind of looking out the window because and I couldn't concentrate at all like I couldn't I would get up go to the bathroom and I would cry but you know that 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 thing kicks in that instinct no we're, this is what we're not going to do we're going to get ourselves together okay you got two minutes to cry it out and then you get your shit together that was that was a pep talk I had myself in the bathroom. <sighs> okay, go back out there and did my job. Fell apart. Two minutes. Washed my face. Pulled myself together. Went back. Did my job. Eric's family. My fiance was. His name was Eric. You should go out. You should do this. You should do that. Then stay in the house. Didn't really go out that much. Didn't really have any friends in New Orleans. I just moved there not too long ago, but didn't really go out like that, right? Stuff started coming around and start happening. So I end up going back to my home and I didn't give myself time to heal when I got here, right? I got here Thursday, Monday, I had a job, I was a waitress, it was at a resort. Um, 
Cabin Hotel. I'm so sorry, excuse me. And and so I didn't give myself time. I would work. I was a waitress, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, eventually, you know, on my way to work, cried myself on the way to work. Got off from work, cried on my way home. I realized that was just, that was not living right. Crying, crying, crying. I got tired of crying. No one knew how much I was crying. No one knew the pain that I was going through. I was just having fun with, you know, family or whatever. I smiled. I did all the other stuff. But in actuality, no one knew how bad I felt. Then I met Terry. I finally got me some help. And I got on the antidepressants and what have you. But even then, after that, I start school season started up. Stuff start happening, did the Girl Scouts, I had a more task on, and boom, right back at it, I'm at full force. Never really dealt with those emotions. Didn't do it. I had my antidepressants to help my mood. I had Terry, she helped me. We talked a little bit, you know. Me, I, I develop a good enough, I, get, I develop a good enough relationship with her, right? And I would say I did make some out. I made some milestones. I really did. Um, I really did talk with her, and it did help me out. But I wasn't continuous in that. I wasn't consistent. I was looking for. A, I was looking for a fix. Then my dad died. All right. I don't even think I spoke to Perry consistently after that. Um, I had so many things to do. I had a life to live, you know? Well, grandmother, she passed. Still, so many tasks, so many things to do. I did not, again, plan her funeral. Um, pretty much, right? I helped plan her funeral. I say I did a whole thing by myself, but pretty much. And, you know, so many things happened. Just right through it. And then there comes a screeching halt of my life. And then it fell apart from there. Because now I have emotions that I have to deal with. Because they're staring me right in my face. See how that happens? So the message that I give you, give people space to feel. Give yourself space to feel and time. You have to really heal. Emotions, loss, trauma, all of those things, it's going to happen. And you have the time, you have the right to feel. Regardless of when it does, it's going to hit you and you're going to feel it and it's going to hurt. But if you give yourself the opportunity to feel, it won't hurt as much. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Because I guarantee you, had I actually took the real time to recover and to heal myself, the death of my father. And my grandmother and me having to pause from all the activities that I was doing this past summer wouldn't have hit me that hard. It would have been, oh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I stumbled. I didn't fall. And it had to dig my way through all these emotions. I wasn't. I wasn't burdened so much. I was piling on and my knees wasn't buckling. 
I made it. I will say this, knock on wood, I made it through it, but not everyone makes it through it. So before, so I'm sorry, I mean, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm beginning to ramble. So before we end this, and here's my, here's my message. And um, again, I'm sorry if I'm out of topic. I'm sorry if anyone got lost in this whole bit, but I'm, I'm going to tie it back in. So when you think about depression and suicide, mental health issues, and whatnot in your family, someone else, and especially in the black community, don't be so quick to judge. Don't be so quick to tell that person, oh, you just need to go to church. And this is what I've heard throughout my life because I've suffered from depression and low self-esteem and all those things throughout life. And bless my mom. I love her. Bless my family and all of them. I've been taken to, you know, oh, you just need to talk to this priest. You need to talk to this preacher. You need to talk to this, this deacon, this bishop or this whomever. No. I need help, professional help. You know someone. It's okay to invite them to come to church with you. It's okay to pray with them. It is completely okay to pray for them. But don't forget there's professional help. Don't rule that out. Parents, we have kids and they're going through it. Don't just take them to the pastor. Seek professional help. Give them the opportunity to tell you how they feel and why they're feeling it. And don't dismiss it as them being overly sensitive. Not everyone feels the same way. Not everyone handles the same thing the same way. Not everyone is, is as resistant, as resilient, I'm sorry. And I know I said in a previous episode that, you know, oh, the whining, and there's a difference, okay? There's a difference. If you have a child who's out here telling you, I need help, I have mental issues, I'm going through sadness or something that I just can't work through on my own that's different it's a line between manipulation if you would say so and true sensitivity and true mental issues line you have to take all of that in consideration so if you need help if you feel like you are about to buckle, please don't be afraid to talk to anyone, someone. Don't be afraid to ask online for a therapist, searching your therapist, checking yourself into an emergency room. Trust me, we would much rather have you here than singing at your funeral. Until next time, peace, love, positivity. Bye-bye.